0: Welcome to This is Home, Memories of Raleigh County, West Virginia. I'm Benny Becker, story trainer and co-producer for WMMT-FM, Apple Shop's community radio station. Today, we'll be hearing stories produced by two high school students from here in Raleigh County, West Virginia. Each producer interviewed a family member, recording stories of how this place used to be and how it's changed over time. To start us off, we'll be hearing from producer Addie Butcher, We spoke with her aunt, Melanie Cooper.
1: Today I'm speaking with my aunt, Melanie. She is one of my favorite people and has always been my favorite aunt. She has dark red hair and is always wearing something glittery. Her voice is the first you hear when you walk into a room and she always has something nice to say about everyone. She's considered the family historian and remembers everything, even the things you don't want her to. I'm going to be talking to her today about some of the things she experienced growing up in a large family and how those experiences formed who she is now. So, can you introduce yourself, Mommy? Um, hi, I'm Melanie
2: Cooper. Happy to be here with you guys this evening. Happy to answer any questions, and I feel like it's an honor that I got to be chosen.
1: Where do you think our family story starts?
2: Our family started with my grandmother. Her name was Louise Matherley. and my grandfather, who was William B. Matherly, and they felt that they should um, have a whole bunch of children. So they started out, they had their first child, and thought they thought, wow, this is pretty cool. So they had eight more. From my grandmother and my grandfather, who had nine children, and their children who've had children, and their children who have had children, and now the grandchildren have had children, and now the great great grandchildren have had children. So now our grand total from Willie Beecher Matherly and Louise Matherly are now up to 181. Last time I checked, there are five expecting. Our family is very large.
1: <laughs> what was it like being the first grandchild on both sides of your family?
2: I have to say it was pretty cool. And although I don't remember a lot, I look back at the hundreds and hundreds of photos and I am with a different aunt, a different uncle, a different grandparent, a different great aunt, a different great uncle in almost every one of my baby photos. Literally, there are hundreds and everyone else in the family feel a little bit slighted. Because I was the first one, everyone passed me around, and took a whole lot of pictures.
1: So you were very spoiled?
2: I was very spoiled. I had one grandpa who actually bought all my clothes. He would take me to JCPenney's and tell the lady who worked there to just take me and give me everything I needed. Even my coats had matching mufflers, gloves, and hats. Quite spoiled. Yeah. Every Friday, they would pick me up from mom and dad's house, take me to the little store where I would get me a bag of candy, take it to my grandparents and eat on it all weekend. I was very, very spoiled, very, very happy. They fought over who was going to take me, where they were going to take me and who they were going to show me off to.
1: What was it like growing up with so many aunts and uncles?
2: Oh, my goodness. I had to spend one weekend or one day of the week with this one, and another one would come and get me, and another one would come and get me. And they would just, just lavish me with love and take me on walks and bike rides and wagon rides. And it was just absolutely wonderful. Up until I was five, and that's when my brother came come along. <laughs> then I had to share all those aunts and uncles. So one would take him, one would take me. Very rarely did we both go together because we were a big handful of both together. But for five years, I had them all to myself, and it was really, really good. They would fight over who was going to take me after
1: Sunday church. How do you think growing up surrounded by so many people affected your idea of family?
2: Uh, well, it sure didn't make me shy, that's for sure. It made me very open to people and like to talk to people and want to get to know other families. And I was always bringing, like in middle school and high school, I was always bringing home friends to meet all of my amazing big family. And they would just be amazed at how many of us there were. And we got together all the time. So, you know, when they come to my house, it's hard to tell how many would be there. We were just a very close-knit family. Every Sunday... Everybody went to Granny's. We had chicken, we had dumplings, we had gravy, we had biscuits, and everybody was there. So I always had my aunts and uncles there. It was really great having a big family.
1: What do you remember about growing up here?
2: Oh, well, we had cows, we had chickens. um, Mm -hmm. We had one goat. We had chickens that would fight you. We had a big farm to run around on, a lot of space. The best part of growing up on a farm was when the baby calves were born. They were so cute. For three days, you could go up and pet them because they didn't know fear yet. After that, unless they were bought or fed, then they were pretty much on their own. Grew up with a pony. The pony's name was Blaze. That was a lot of fun. We rode him around on the farm. He liked to take us straight under the tree branches and knock us off. On Sunday morning, when I was with Granny and Papa, we would catch a chicken and Granny would cut its head off. It would run around for a while. Then, when it would fall over, we would drop it into a pot of boiling water. Then, we would pull the feathers out. Granny would cut it up and she would make the best dumplings. Oh, my goodness. We'd have chicken and dumplings for dinner every Sunday morning. Monday, the chicken, the rest of the chicken, got fried up and we had fried chicken the next day. It was awesome. We had a lot of fruit trees, so we had fruit pies. Um, Granny would take her biscuits, her biscuit dough, flatten it out in a pan, throw in cherries, we'd have a cherry pie, throw in blueberries, we'd have a blueberry pie. We had a small apple orchard, so we would always have apples. If they weren't on the trees or on the ground, they were in the freezer, so we had apples year round was just awesome.
1: What are some of your favorite childhood memories?
2: Oh, favorite childhood memories. Okay, I would say going to the fair. It was always great. Getting together at Granny and Papa's house, that was always really fun. Uh, Hanging out with all my cousins. We would go camping, we'd go down to Harvey Falls and we would all camp on the water and catch fish and we would hike and we would bathe in the river and we used ivory soap because it floated. And that was, we had to take a bath every night before we could get into our campers, which a lot of us would sleep in campers, but some of us would sleep in back of the truck. Some of them would sleep in lawn chairs by the fire. Um, Every night there was hot dogs. We would roast the weenies on the fire and we would have marshmallows.
1: It was just great you care to tell about you and uncle sandy
2: oh (laughs) um that uncle sandy um he was my cousin who was my age um he was very very fun uh he was a little wild child he would actually put pot seeds in my mom's flower pots and my mom would think she was raising beautiful beautiful flowers And then all of a sudden, when they got so big, he would come and get them. And mom had no clue where her flowers went to. But they would actually be put on the roof to dry for later use. And then he would throw in some more seeds. So mom had this flower that continuously went away and then come again. Um, He was great fun. We ran around. He was big into music. He um, had a lot of friends, which him being my age... I got to hang out with him. I got to ride around with him. Um, he had a system for not having to pay for gas. We would go to a gas station where it was um, someone would come out and take your money, and he would send me in to buy a Coke so that the person at the gas pump would think I went inside to pay for the gas, and the person inside would think that... Um, the person at the pump got the gas money, when in reality, nobody got paid. We would just leave. I know, he was, He had lots of ideas like that. Um, he was tragically killed in a motorcycle accident after the fair one year. Um, him and a friend had taken their motorcycles to the fair and went to a bar afterwards and had a little bit too much to drink. And they were racing on the parking lot at the Kroger's in Lewisburg, and he hit a stone fixture and lost control and ran into the Kroger's, and sadly, he was killed. It was the saddest day in our family's history so far.
1: How do you think growing up in such a close family benefited you?
2: Um, It made me be able to talk to people. It made me realize that families are all special units it made me want children it made me want to have family dinners and family gatherings that we still do we may not get all 180 together but it's always fun to have a good 30 or 40 get together it's it's a lot of fun i was spoiled and to this day i'm very spoiled my mom often reminds me of how spoiled that I grew up and how spoiled that I am. But it's not really a spoiled as much as blessed to have so many wonderful people in my life, blessed to have a brother and a sister, blessed to have two children, and soon to have two daughter-in-laws. I'm, I don't know if it's so much spoiled as a whole lot of blessed.
1: Did you like the way that you grew up?
2: Oh, yes. I, would, I, just, I just loved it. And having lots of first cousins and second cousins— come over to the house all the time. Uh, You could not have beat that. Um, I have a funny little story if you don't mind me telling. Go ahead. After church one Wednesday night, we went home and we walked into the house and sitting on our telephone was an owl. It had come down the chimney while we were at church. It was a beautiful white and black and gray owl and it was sitting there and it looked like the perfect stuffed animal. So we got on the phone, which was a party line back then, and we called all of our church friends, all of our family friends, and we had the biggest party at our house so everyone could see the owl. It was just, it was just little, little reasons like that we got together. You didn't have to have a reason really
1: to get together. We just liked to hang out. How do you think, like, growing up, your family being around you and seeing how, like, your family treated their spouses, how do you think that influenced your choosing of a spouse as you got older?
2: Okay.
1: I guess where I was more
2: loud and boisterous, I guess that made me choose a spouse that didn't have a big family. He only had a mom and dad and a sister. So in a way, I kind of wanted him to be in our big family so he could see what it was like to have a big family. So I chose someone who was really in a small family and pulled him into our big family. At first, he was resistant, and he would act very shy. But after a few outings with my family, he realized that the quieter he was, the more they would pick on him. So eventually, he started being as loud as we were, and then he started fitting right in.
1: Is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we... Wrap this up or no?
2: Um, I just want to thank you for interviewing me and thank you for letting me talk about my
0: family. That story came from producer Addie Butcher speaking with her aunt Melanie Cooper. You're listening to This Is Home, Memories of Raleigh County, West Virginia, a student-produced audio documentary from WMMT-FM. Next, we'll hear a conversation from producer Lexi Brinson, who spoke with her great aunt, Cindy Massey.
3: My Aunt Cindy is known in the family for her no-nonsense personality. She often wears bright, funky clothing, but today she's dressed calm. A gray shirt and a pair of jeans. She's still got some color in her pink glasses and her hair, which is cut short and dyed a natural shade of red. Aunt Cindy has moved around a lot. I wanted to ask her about her experience of this place and how it compares to the lives she's lived and people she's met in other areas. From the passenger seat of her maroon Ford Explorer, I got a tour of the places that have shaped her life. Can you give me a little bit of an introduction?
4: Hi, I'm Aunt Cindy. I'm Cindy Massey. I was raised here in Shady Spring mainly. I was born in Charleston, West Virginia and spent most of my life in Shady Spring and we're going to go visit a few places where I used to live which is not really there anymore and uh, see a few places that I used to live and like to hang around in when I was younger.
3: So where were you born? Where does this start up?
4: Charleston, West Virginia and uh, then we moved to New York. I lived in Sophia, West Virginia for a year and then uh, I think I was about 10 when we moved to Shady And I've spent uh, all my life here in Shady in the Beckley area.
3: So Charleston? I
4: lived on the west side of Charleston. Um, I, well, actually from the time I was born until I was about six years old. Well, I loved it there. You could walk everywhere, everything you did, you could walk and there was always uh, lots of kids to play with in my neighborhood. And then we moved to New York for a year, and then we moved to Sofia. And we actually, I grew up a lot in Sofia too. My grandparents lived in Sofia, and we spent summers with them, many summers with them. Um, and then we moved to Shady Spring. All
3: right, tell me a little bit about your family.
4: A little bit about my family. I was one of four children, and I have a younger brother. Um, and my mom and my my dad. We spent a lot and lots of times with my grandparents. Um, We had really fun grandparents. Uh, We always had, I had um, dogs, cats, even had a monkey one time growing up. He was not very nice, Um, but I, I just had a pretty... Kind of normal childhood, just running around playing and growing up here and still, still here. I love it here.
3: A short drive from my house, we pull into the parking lot of a red brick church that doesn't look to be in use and wasn't always a church. All right, we're at our first stop. Well, what are we doing here?
4: Okay, well, this is where I went to grade school. Uh, the building behind us, the brick building, is the building I went to. I was in fourth grade when we moved here. And over here to the left in front of us was a white building that had like grades one, 1, 2, and 3 in it, I believe. So I spent a lot of time here, and I actually lived next door to, to my school as I was growing up. So we we spent a lot of time here, not only in school, but playing on the playground and playing with our friends. And uh, But now the white building's gone. The brick building's now a church. Um, things change. In front of me is the First Baptist Church of Shady Spring. That's actually where I got married many, many, many years ago.
3: <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about good old Paul. Good
4: you know, old Paul. I married Paul Massey. I was 20 and he was 21. And in fact, the house that I grew up in, um, after Paul and I married, we actually lived in it for the first four years of our, of our marriage.
3: And oh, I didn't know that. We
4: did. We lived. Uh, the The house that I lived in also many years ago, my grandparents owned it and it was a restaurant. At one time it was a bar. Uh, and then they turned it into a residential home. and uh, my grandparents lived here for a long, long time. Then um, when we moved from Sofia, we moved into this house and lived here, well, actually until I got married, we lived here at this on this property. But uh, probably my sister and my brother-in-law bought the property. And um, they had a little store here at one time also. We
3: drive next door to the parking lot of a dollar store, a tan cinder block building with a big yellow sign. Aunt Cindy used to live on this property in a house that is no longer here.
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is... The front door is about where you went in the front door of the house. Uh, we lived here until I was... Uh, till I married, we lived here. Uh, at one time, my mom bought a trailer and put it here right beside where the house was. It was a little brown house. Uh, it was right here on the main main drag through Shady. Um, I, I really... Well, we just... Uh, grew up. And like I said, after um, I married, my husband and I remodeled the house a little bit and fixed it up. And we lived in it for four years. So I spent a lot of my life here in this house. Lots and lots of memories. I have um, my brothers and my sister. Uh, we all lived here. And that's about all I know about my house.
3: <laughs> Anything else about Shady?
4: Anything else about Shady. Well, I told you I went to Shady Elementary School. I graduated from Shady High School, which currently looks nothing like the school that I went to. When I went, it was just kind of a little square. You went in and went in a square. And now I I just don't even recognize it. It's just not the same school at at all. I'm going on my third year there, and I still get lost. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can see why. I came one day to pick Lexi up from school. It took me five minutes to find the door that I had to go in, and, and in fact, I had to call the secretary and ask for directions, so um, definitely not the same school I went to.
3: We pull out of the Dollar General parking lot and start heading towards the parks where Aunt Cindy remembers spending time outdoors with her grandparents.
4: I told you that we lived in Charleston, Charleston but spent a lot of time in Sofia with my grandparents. Uh, we would... My, Parents would put us on a bus in Charleston and my grandparents would get us off in Beckley. And My grandfather was quite the gardener and I loved cucumbers so I would go out in the garden and pick cucumbers and eat them and love them and we were here visiting one time towards fall and there was this big what well, looked like a cucumber to me I was five years old and I had to pick it I had to bring it home I had it in a bag on the bus and my sister and I weren't able to sit together so my bag burst my pumpkin that I thought was cucumber went rolling down the aisle of the bus my sister was so embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun time that was a very fun time for me not for meta <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these things
3: We reach a wooded area with a small lake and a parking lot a brown wooden sign tells us we've arrived at the state park
4: here all the time at little beaver and as we're coming around this curvy road i was always up in the window watching here through the woods and you can see little beaver at the lake as you're going by and it just always and there it is <laughs> it just always thrilled me out i get so excited but he would bring us here and he would bring his little chair and sit in the shade and he would let us swim until we were absolutely blue and chattering <laughs> then he would warm us up and take us home Pulling into the lake now. And uh, here there's this, now I think it's their offices, but it used to be a big pavilion. They had um, sock hops, lots of dances, lots of different things here.
1: Oh, that sounds so cute. It
4: was, it was. And I mean, people dressed like the 50s for the sock hop and things. So they, right over there in that little, where they're having that party right there. They would have uh, sock hops and different things. And you can see the lake down there. Now it's kind of sad. It was uh, it was really a popular, very busy place, um, well-kept. It was beautiful here. And so many kids had enjoyed staying and playing here so much. There's uh, different playgrounds and things that you could go to. But my, my favorite memories are of my grandpa and bringing us. and as long as we wanted to swim, he would sit and let us swim. He was a cool grandpa. Cool, every kid should have a grandpa like him. And now we're just driving out to the end of, end of the lake. I think this is one of the first place i fished with my grandpa. A lot of people, huh? your grandmother, your great grandmother came here fishing with your mom and, and your grandpa one time she fell in. She, Grozy? Yes. She lost her shoe. She was trying to reach in and get her shoe. She fell in the water. She still loved to fish. Didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I here. can only imagine what God said. <laughs> oh my, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, your dad and mom and yeah, they spent a lot of time out here too. Even after they retired, they come out here and walk and we had lots of family picnics out here, and at Grandview. it was just this is where you came to do things when I was younger. To uh, you know, picnic, swim, and Grandview, View. Um, the uh, amphitheater there, the Hatfields and McCoys, and I spent many a uh, many a nights there at Hatfields and the McCoys, and Honey in the Rock, and and they still do that do both of those shows and some different shows out there even now, but it's still not like it was then. It was, uh, we had a good time. It was really, really fun to, to come and do.
3: I wish the amphitheater
4: got more hype
3: today. Oh, Grandview is another park just down the road. It's home to Theater West Virginia and also one of the best overlooks of the new river.
4: Let's drive on out to Grand on out the curvy road here.
3: First road I ever drove, like for realsies. Oh
4: really? Oh cool.
3: I drove from the farm to the high school, but we don't count it because it was bad.
4: <laughs> Is that the ditch time? That was the
3: ditch. <laughs> that was the first ditch. The time that I drove out here it was for it was Abby's prom. And we um Kevin was like, You're driving back. And I was like, No, I'm not. And he was like, Yeah, you are.
4: I remember that now. He made you drive. That was. Yeah, and
3: I did really good until we
4: got back on Blue Jay 6 Mm -hmm. and I went in the same ditch again. Which ditch is that? The
3: one they just cleaned it.
4: Well, this will make you feel really good. When I was just starting to drive, your mom, uh, grandma, and grandpa lived up on Blue Jay 6, and I was going to their house one winter day for something. I slid into the same ditch. And I would back up and slide into it again. And it was long before the days of cell phones. I finally got it stuck in the ditch. I had to walk to my sister's and brother-in-law's house and get him to bring his truck and pull me out of the ditch. And that's been, oh, 50 years ago, more or more. Um, he's never lets me forget those things, so... <laughs> And
3: just so we clarify this, it's not a short walk up that hill or an easy walk. No, and
4: especially when
1: it's
3: And especially when it's ice and rain. Yeah, no, that's not a fun, that would not be a fun journey.
4: No, long before the days of cell phones, it would have been nice to have one. I would have enjoyed it very much. (laughs) (laughs) At one time, too, when we lived uh, there at the Dollar General, when mom bought that mobile home, I had Meta's car for something, which was a four-wheel drive. And I went up around the back of the the trailer. I think we were bringing something out the back door. Um, I buried that up in the backyard, too. And again, my sweet brother-in-law had to come and pull his vehicle out of my backyard. So (laughs) I I kept him, really. What is it with you and Mama's vehicles? I think every time. Something's happened. It's been in one of my walkers. Do you want to tell that story? I guess we could. Again, (laughs) my sister's vehicle, I worked in a hospital and I had to be at work very early. And I jumped up to go to work that morning. My car wouldn't start. And my sister's car was there for I'm not even sure why, which was a standard, which could at the time drive a little. So I just jumped in her car and went to work. I worked at Raleigh General. Going down Prince Street, the last light before you start up Harper Road, the light turned red. I had to stop. And I did. Well, when the light turned green, every time I tried to let the clutch out, I'd kill the engine. And this, ha- I don't even know how long this went on. It felt like a lifetime. And all of a sudden, there was a policeman standing at my window, <laughs> and I'm crying, boo hoo crying. <laughs> don't cry, don't cry. It's okay. What's the matter? <laughs> I said, this car won't go. He said, is something the matter with it or is something the matter with you? (laughs) I said, well, something's the matter with me. He had to block three lanes of traffic so I wouldn't be afraid that I was going to drift into somebody so I could get through that light. And then he followed me all the way to work. I mean, he wasn't going to risk me messing up traffic again. (laughs) And I got to work and parked my car and went into work. And my boss was standing there, and she was fussing about some idiot that had traffic blocked on uh, Prince Street. I said, well, Ruth, that was me. (laughs) Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. If (laughs) I didn't know. And then I promptly called my mother, who also worked in another hospital, and told her that when she got off, she had to come and get that car. And I would drive hers, because I wasn't driving that car anymore. (laughs) That was a rather embarrassing (laughs)
3: Now, here, you've led me into something good. Let's talk about Grozy.
4: Oh, Grozy. Grozy is my mama, Rosemary. Um, Oh, I I don't even know if I can explain her. She was a spitfire. Uh, My father died when we were very young. So it was just mom and us. And um, so she (laughs) learned a lot of things on the run and on the wing. But she was very feisty, very outspoken. And um, didn't care to share her opinion with you at all. But That's she, putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she had a stroke when Lexi was uh, not quite through yet. She had a <clears throat> massive stroke that affected uh, the right side of her body. She, had, she was paralyzed on the right side of her body. And um, she couldn't talk. She had a few words but couldn't really talk and she was in uh, Raleigh Center Nursing Home at Daniels. Yeah. She, her roommates would irritate her and she would fuss and, and they couldn't understand her. But, but she would fuss and carry on. And then finally she would just get to the point, she would start picking stuff up off her bedside table and flinging them at her roommate. So every time we went in to visit, if her table was clear, we knew that mom had been mad at at Miss Ruth and they had to clear the table, so she didn't um, hurt Miss Ruth. (laughs) She also did not like being in that bed when she didn't want to be in that bed. And she had enough movement that she was able to slip herself to the bottom of the bed and fling herself out (laughs) on the floor. I don't know how many times she ever got hurt, thank the Lord. But she wanted what she wanted, and she wanted it now. And, and you know, she, she didn't have a lot of words, but she could really communicate. I went to visit her one day and laid my keys down on her table, and she got really frustrated a lot if you couldn't figure out what she was trying to tell you. And we had went through something, and I never did figure out what she was trying to say, and she was so mad. And all of a sudden, she picked up my keys and handed them to me and pointed to the door. I said, Mom, you ready for me to leave? Yes. <laughs> she, uh, Like I said, she didn't have words, but she did communicate. There was no, no problem with that.
3: I could never understand her, but you guys were so good at it. I guess she didn't think you were that time,
4: but... Yeah, well, so we did get really, really good at it, but there would be some times that, man, you just couldn't figure out what she was saying. And, if, and I'm sure in her mind, she thought what she was thinking in her mind was coming out of her mouth, but believe me, it wasn't. And not at all. And she loved and adored her grandchildren, and she loved and adored her great-grandchildren. Uh, when she first went to the nursing home, she was in rehabilitation, trying to help her to walk. and She loved them all so much. took Lexi and um, one of her other great-grandbabies out, Christian, on Halloween one year, all dressed up in their Halloween finery. And they're sitting in a chair beside mom's bed with their trick-or-treat bags. And my sister just took a picture, just to take a picture of the kids well you know and that was back in the days you developed pictures too so when they came from the developer we're looking at this picture Miss Lexi had stole a comb off of mom's table and was putting it in her trick-or-treat bag <laughs> that's all right her grandma caught it on films. <laughs> busted <laughs> yes you were that was so funny nobody even saw you doing it we just discovered it when the picture came back i remember trick-or-treating out there a lot mm-hmm. actually they always had trick-or-treat and the, the residents would sit in their doorways with um, buckets of candy and the kids would go by and trick-or-treat and they would give them candy and mom loved that too she loved seeing all the kids and uh one of the workers out there would bring her little beagle dressed as a bumblebee every year and that and not just mom it's rolled all the residents to death so it, you know she she had a it was a hard time but she enjoyed um a lot of the residents and the kids and things it, she had a good time
3: favorite childhood memory of her
4: my favorite childhood memory of my mama oh well God bless my mother. I inherited my sense of direction from her. We had a uh, family that lived in Huntington, West Virginia. We had been in Charleston visiting with some family friends, and we went to Huntington to visit with our our family and had our visit. And we're coming home and winging down the interstate. And all of a sudden, there's this sign that said, Welcome to the Bluegrass State. We were going to Charleston. We wound up in Kentucky. (laughs) Mama's uh, sense or lack thereof of direction was legendary. It was, she was awesome to travel with.
3: And it's apparently genetic. Yes. (laughs) Because none of us have any sense of direction whatsoever. Except your grandma.
4: Meta Marie was so good. But the rest of us, your mom, me, you, nah. Please don't ask us for directions or depend on us to get you anywhere. <laughs> you, you'll end up in another state. Uh, that's right. Where did, um, uh, oh, but anyway, we're at Grandview now, and this was another place we always like to come and play and go out to the Overlook and family picnics and amphitheater uh, was a huge that was just the thing to do in the summer was to come to all the shows at the amphitheater so, but over here is the amphitheater and it, it still actually looks pretty much the same as it did back then um, and it, and it's still something I, I really wish that people knew more about it and and maybe now that uh, Grandview is now New River North Gorge National Forest National Park uh, maybe now people will learn more about it there's so many trails here um to walk and there's somewhere back in here some little caves that i remember when i was much younger they they seemed like a huge deal then but they were there were three little caves that you could walk through and i just thought that was the co- coolest thing ever
3: okay so we were coming out of grand view and we were talking about the overlook you mentioned basil basil had a very interesting life. Would you like to talk about that for him?
4: Basa was my uncle. And he was um, taken prisoner in Japan. He was in the Death March of Bataan. Uh, and And I'm ashamed to say I don't remember how long he was a prisoner. But anyway, when he got to come home, everybody just thought he was just going to be this... Um, emaciated, pitiful fella that had, you know, been in a prison camp all this time, and in, like I said, he was in the death march of Bataan. He came home fat, sassy, and happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there was uh, some time that passed between getting out of prison camp and until t- he got home to. Uh, they grew up in Wyco in a, a little coal mining town in Mullins, in Wyoming County. But when he got home, uh, you know, he, he was the hero of, uh, you know, everybody just admired him and thought he was wonderful. But he would never, um, he never liked to talk about that. He talked about it very, very little. It made him very um, angry and, and upset to talk about it. So he, he really didn't talk to us about it a lot but he he was a very, very fortunate young man. I think he was 17 when he went into the service, you know, and um, it was a a very scary time. He had two brothers and both of them were also in the service at that time too. So my grandparents really, you know, had a a lot to to worry about. They were, one of the the boys was at Pearl Harbor right before, he left right before they, bomb Pearl Harbor. Um, so it, it was a very, very scary, scary time. And like I said, it affected his life. It, it just uh, made him very angry to talk about it and to think about it. He uh, got out and, you know, he married and had a family and, and had a good, remarkable life. So we, we were blessed uh, to be able to keep him. Uh, we're coming up on now. What used to be Shady Spring Junior High School. Uh, well, no, actually, it started out as Shady Spring High School, and then they turned it into the junior high, which is middle school now. Um, and a, a fellow that uh, I went, my sister went to school with, bought the junior high after they closed it, after they built the new one, and he just turned it into there are uh, like businesses in in the junior high. There once, oh, there was a restaurant in there that was so good, but they closed. Um, I was trying to think what's in there now. There's a sports design place, there's there's just lots of things. So it's not just sitting there empty and going to waste, it's uh, it's being used. To, it continues on.
3: We get off the interstate and start seeing places Anthony remembers from her childhood.
4: We're in Crab Orchard and over here on the left was the MacArthur skating rink and that was the thing for kids to do. Everybody uh, would come and spend their weekends here skating and just just having a good time and they've just recently, it was open marginally a little bit like for parties and different things for many, many years, but they just tore, tore it down here like maybe in the last week and that hurt my feelings. I can still remember my pom-poms on my skates and skating to the music. I was growing up here, um, there was curfew, a nine o'clock curfew for kids to be in, in the house, not on the street. But they had a, like a whistle or an alarm that somebody at town hall blew every night and you could hear it all over Sophia. It's time to go in.
3: The main road comes to a T and we make a right turn into Sophia. Main Street has two blocks of old brick storefronts on the right, trees and parking on the left. Unlike many coal towns around, the buildings all have open businesses, but
4: here on the right was the 1960s Walmart. It was Ben Franklin's. It was a little variety store. You went in there and got everything Uh, when my grandpa would come and pick us up from the bus station or bring us from Charleston. He would always stop and let us buy something, but he'd tell us not to tell my gra-
3: As we keep driving down Main Street, the business district fades out, replaced by a neighborhood of older houses.
1: That's
4: a pretty house. Mm-hmm. And over here on the right was Shady uh, Sophia High School. It's now a CDL Learning Center. I have to kind of turn down to where I lived and hung out all the time. This little church, there's a church here that we're passing. It used to be just a little white wooden church. It's uh, Sophia Will Baptist Church. And I used to come to Bible school here mostly every summer. And I can't remember my address some days, but I can remember a song here that I learned in Bible school. (laughs) And I'll I'll, uh, not sing it for you, but you knew what I was about to ask. (laughs) Okay. One, two, three, the devil's after me. Four, five, six, he's always throwing sticks. Seven, eight, nine, he misses every time. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> we turn off Main Street and drive into the neighborhood.
4: Uh, this is the street I lived on. Let's see if I can pick out the house. Yes, there was plenty of houses on the street, but not as many as they are now. Right there is where I lived when we lived here in Sofia. That's interesting. And then down here on the corner, this brick house was also a, a little white house. had a white picket fence, and beside it was a wooden, old wooden garage. This is where my grandparents lived. Aww. Grew up here and had so much fun. And right here, in the, uh, they've added on to the house. But that apple tree right there, we used to pick apples there all the time. And we had a sandbox right out probably right where that fire pit is. And I was out picking apples one time and stepped on a bee that stung me, and I went running, you know, screaming in the door. My grandma was trying to mop the floor. So I went screaming in the door and fell on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) But I I remember all the people that lived up here on this street, too. It it was a fun neighborhood to run around and to play. And and back in that time... um, we were, there's a creek that runs through here. I guess it's Soak Creek. And we would get, play in the creek and catch crawdads and um, can't do that anymore. But this was a neat little, little town to grow up in. Um, you know, I, I spent most of my life in Shady, but my younger years and things, and even when we moved to Shady, we would come back and spend a lot of time with my grandparents. We used to drive over every Sunday and have um, Sunday dinner with my grandparents. And, oh, my goodness, you talk about the best fried chicken and that apple tree out back, apple dumplings. Oh, my goodness. It was delicious. I'm going to drive up the street over here and see if uh, the old Soviet grade school's still there. I went to third grade there. but they brought your lunch. There was no such thing as a cafeteria at our school or anything. We had our lunch in our, in our classrooms. Yeah, up on the hill there, and I don't know that there's anything left of it. The school was way up there on the hill. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can see the school bus, there's school buses up there. Oh my goodness. I wonder if I can get around, I'm sure. I, can. I gotta go back there and see what it is now. Let's go up this street. Raleigh County Head Start Center. Oh. oh but this is not the, the school building. They've torn it down and
3: I didn't know that's where this was that was at. I didn't
4: really either. Head start and early head start, huh? So now that occupies where Sophia Elementary School used to be. Yep, the old school's long gone.
3: Heading back towards Beckley. We stop at a massive brick building that used to be a hospital. And Cindy had worked here as a nurse for most of her career. Where are we heading now?
4: We are going through Mabscott and we're going to go by the old Beckley Hospital. I used to work there when it was still the old Beckley Hospital. Uh, Albert Tish was, was the owner and he, he was really a good man to work for. He was, It was like a family working there and working for him um it's changed a lot there was some remodeling done and but when i first started working there there's um up to the left of the hospital there was a big blue building that was the nurses quarters where nurses used to to stay um back when nurses stayed on the 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 campus of the hospital that they worked for at uh, the, the front of the building, which has changed tremendously now. Huge columns and oh, it, it was just a stately, very, very pretty entrance, but now they've bricked it up and blocked it up and it's not quite the same. There's been a lot added onto this hospital too. I worked here for many, many years. Raleigh General bought it. Well, you can still see the, up over the, this part. It was so pretty and you, it it was gorgeous. And uh, you, well, this is still the way you went through to the ambulance entrance there was on the the very back. But right here where we're pointed to over there was all of the, the nurse's quarters. It was just a big ramshackle, long two-story building. And all of the nurses stayed there. At Raleigh General bought it out when it closed. It closed back in, oh, I don't know, 15 maybe? Maybe a little bit before that. But when it closed, Raleigh General bought it out. There's doctor's offices and a few things in here now. That's gorgeous. Yes.
3: We leave the Old Beckley Hospital and head towards town. On Cindy starts remembering road trips from her childhood.
4: When I was... Uh, Seven years old, uh, my older brother and sister, my family, uh, my dad's mom, most of his sisters lived in New York. So uh, they went out one summer to, to visit with that side of the family. And at the end of summer, we, the rest of us, mom and dad and myself and my younger brother, drove out to get them to bring them back home to Charleston where we lived at the time. Well, lo and behold, we just stayed. And when it was time to move back, my mom had already come back to get our furniture and stuff set up here. And my dad and my uncle Basil that was drove us from New York back to West Virginia. Well, we got about halfway between the two and it was my dad, my uncle, my older brother, my younger brother, my sister and myself in a great big old Oldsmobile. And I broke out all over with the chicken pox. I made everybody in the car miserable. But anyway, I got home and uh, it was at the end of the school year here. So I, I missed the very end of the school year and started a new year in my...
3: Whenever I hang out with Aunt Cindy, we always get coffee. I introduced her to my favorite, the icebound vanilla latte. And now she has to have one every time we're together. So we wrapped up the interview on our way to Starbucks. As we come to an end today, any reflections, any lingering thoughts?
4: Hmm. I don't know. It's just, um, to, and especially to, to go back like we did today and go to places that I knew and grew up with. And, and and I know nothing ever stays the same, but to see so much change. And it's such a different world now. Uh, than it was when I was growing up. There's more hustle, more bustle. You know, we were with the kids that we went out and played, uh, we went out in the morning and we might come home for lunch, but our curfew was when the street lights came on, we better be home. And and that, you know, we can't let our kids do that today. But that was uh, you know, there was a lot of neighborhood play in Tin County Tin Can Alley and Hide and Seek, and um, th- those just seemed like now, maybe they didn't to me then, but now they, they seem like so much easier, easier days and happier times than we're, we're in right now. But I, I'm very thankful to have uh, grown up where I did and how I did. It's, it meant a lot to me, and, it, and this area still means a lot to me. I, I just, I can't imagine
0: leave in here. This is home. That was producer Lexi Brinson speaking with her great aunt Cindy Massey, and that concludes our show today. You've been listening to This is Home, Memories of Raleigh County, West Virginia, a student-produced audio documentary from WMMTFM Community Radio for the Central Appalachian Coalfields. This production was made possible thanks to funding from the National Coalfield Heritage Area, a project of the National Park Service and the state of West Virginia. Support also came from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and from WMMT listeners like you. Special thanks to producers Addie Butcher and Lexi Brinson. Thanks also to Melanie Cooper, Cindy Massey, Vicki Webb, Raleigh County Hista, and all the many staff, volunteers, listeners, and supporters of WMMT and Apple Shop. For WMMT, I'm Benny Becker. Thanks for caring, and thanks for listening.